tonight I'm going to be speaking a message that is close to my heart and something that I've been having a revelation on the last nine months. And uh, I want to speak to you tonight about His strength in our weakness. And my prayer tonight, as I said, would be that He would just awaken hearts to and excite you to know that it doesn't matter what you're facing, what you're going through, that we all have a weakness in our lives, that God still wants to use you in the midst of that season and that there is purpose in our weaknesses. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. And it says this, And lest I should be exalted above measure, by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffer me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I mean, what a passage. This is Paul writing this, the Apostle Paul. Paul, probably the greatest writer of the New Testament. Apostle Paul, who opened up the door of the gospel to the Gentiles. Here he is, this magnificent man, being very vulnerable and real. And, and actually saying that even he has a weakness. You know, no one is exempt. We all have weaknesses. But I think for some reason, we like to portray that we don't and that we've got it all together and that we are perfect and we strive for perfection. But actually, the Lord wants to flip that on its head and say He loves you just the way you are, just like Dorian was saying. And He knows all your imperfections and He knows all your weaknesses. And in fact, we're all in the same boat. And I actually believe if we really do want to win a city to Christ, if we really believe that in our hearts, we need to level the playing field and stop pretending we have this life that is unattainable as a Christian, that we are perfect and have it all together because we don't, nobody does. But actually we are all the same. We are all the same. The only difference between us and the world is that we have found Jesus and that we are going from glory to glory and strength to strength in a transformed life to become more like Christ. But that doesn't mean we don't struggle. That doesn't mean we don't have weaknesses, that we are all the same, but that we have Christ to help us on that journey. And I believe that if we can level the playing field and be a bit real with each other again that, hey, we all have weaknesses. We're all on the same field. That we would see people one to Christ. That it wouldn't be this life like that is so distant from them, but actually it's a lot closer than what they would know. And here Paul is sharing very vulnerably that he has a weakness. And I think it's interesting that he, he, he cried out to God to take it away three times. And instead of the Lord taking it away, he gives him a promise, which is in verse 9, and it says this, that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. For many people, that would be disappointing answer. <laughs> for many people, you're like, 
I don't want your grace. I want you to take it away. <laughs> like, come on, Lord. That's what I would be like anyway, but, you know, Paul's more holy than me. But many people would just want the Lord to take it away. And hear me when I say this. This doesn't mean that he won't take it away. And this doesn't mean that he can't change things because he can. And it doesn't mean that he won't because he may. But when you're in the midst of that weakness, you need to know that this promise is for you, that his grace is sufficient for you. And not just that, but his power is made perfect in your weakness. What a promise. What a promise. And I love Paul. So he, He's so extreme, Paul. He like then goes to like, well, now I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. Now I'm going to tell you all about them instead of hiding them and pleading for God to take them away. Now I'm going to boast in them because I know what God is going to do in the midst of that weakness. He boasts in his weakness. We all have weaknesses, but this is not a time for us to sit back and to shrink back and to sit down. We don't let our weaknesses dictate to us that we are no good, that we are not worthy, that we are not adequate. If anything, your weaknesses qualify you more to do the work of God, to do the call of God, to do something for Jesus, because we're all the same. And He knew that, and He loves the human side of our life. And He loves that we do have weaknesses, because in that place, you become fully reliant on Jesus, and you learn that it's not about you, but it is all about Him, that His grace is sufficient for you. Your weakness doesn't disqualify you. It doesn't take you out of the race. It doesn't determine who you are. It qualifies you because in your weakness, His power is seen. Now, when we're talking about weaknesses, I'm not talking about sin. That is a separate thing. What we are actually talking about, and there's a list of them here, we're talking about infirmities, in reproaches. Paul goes on, he says, in needs, in persecution, in distress. These are the things we're talking about, the distresses of your heart, the persecution that comes against you, the infirmities that we live with, these things that we feel like may disqualify us from the race, the voices telling you that you're no good, that you're nothing because of your weaknesses, these are the things we are talking about. This weakness is where God wants to move through and actually qualify, not disqualify. In this passage, it talks about four purposes in your weakness. The first is that it says, so we don't get conceited, so we don't become vain, so we're not so into ourselves, which is very important. Because the Bible says that pride comes before a fall. And the Lord wants more than anything for you to make it. That is His goal in life, to have relationship with you. And so if that means us living with a slight weakness so that we make it to the finish line, He will do that. Because that is His priority, is relationship with us. And our weaknesses remind us that we are not God, that He is God. Our weaknesses remind us that He is good, that He is there for us, that He cares, that anything that happens because of Christ, it is not because of us. When we see a healing, it is not me, it is Him. When we see a salvation, that's not because of me, it's because of Him. Because I know my weaknesses and I know it is not because of me, it is because of Christ. It puts it all in place. It puts Christ in His rightful place that He is the head, that He is Lord. 
which is actually such a burden off our lives. That you are not God. That you don't have to have it all together. That you don't have to have all the answers. That you are not the answer to mankind. That He is the answer to mankind. And if we can just be obedient and listen to His voice and follow where He calls, He will do the rest. So we don't become conceited. The second thing is so Christ's power is seen and perfected. Has anybody ever wanted to see the power of God on their lives? Well, this is the answer, which is not the answer we were expecting. That actually in your weakness, that is where his power is seen. When you are at your weak moment and you're like, God, I cannot do this. He's like, thank you very much. Move aside so that I can do it. So my power can come forth out of your life. His power is seen and perfected in our weakness. Not just that, but Christ's power rests upon us in our weakness. And finally, when we are weak, then we are strong. You will know the strength of heaven when you're in your weakness. Isn't that amazing? Because the enemy wants it to be the other way, that you feel frail and that you can't do anything and that you sit back and that you sit down and that you shrink back. But actually God is saying, no, because in your weakness, I will be your strength. You will feel the strength of heaven behind you in the midst of your weakness. Now, this is not an excuse for us to never change. And this is not an excuse for us to not transform and become like Christ. But on that journey, because we're all on that journey, when you are in the midst of your weakness, it doesn't mean that you have to stop and you have to sit back and shrink back. It means that in the midst of that journey where we are transforming and we are becoming like Christ, that He can use us and the strength of heaven is behind us. Because His grace is sufficient for us. About nine months ago, well, almost exactly nine months ago, I had my third child, Rocky Love, who I said was here tonight. I have a picture of her to show you. She's so sweet. I love her so much. And uh, she is just a beautiful, beautiful, sweet girl. God is so nice. He knows what you need. And she was a surprise, but she's just blessed our lives dramatically. But with that blessing has also come chaos. And uh, I don't know if anyone has three children here. I'm not even going to look at the regulars because I don't know. I don't even know how they do it. And you're going to be laughing at me when I tell this story. But going from two to three children for me was very full on. (laughs) And I thought two was a great, you know, I loved it. We were in our groove. And then Rocky came along and just sort of threw everything up in the air. And we have three children, when she was born, three children under four. And it was being crazy. And I truly have felt so out of my depth at so many moments. Just like, Lord, how do I do this? How do I look after three children that so need you so much still? And and do church and ministry and do work and be a wife and and run a business. And I'm just like constantly feel like I'm running around trying to figure out how to do it. I still, I'm not sure, so don't ask me yet. But I was just in this, the last nine months I've been in this season of just, if I'm really honest with you, I have felt at some of my weakest moments. I'm just like, God, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I need your help. I can't work it all out. And I remember in January, 
I'd had Rocky, she was three months, and I was flying to do a, to preach at a youth camp, and Rocky was coming with me, I took one of my connect group girls to help me, and in my heart and in my head, I was already feeling discouraged before I had even got there. I was like, I feel like I haven't really had time to prepare. You know, as Rose would know, you're up feeding a lot in the night. You don't get much sleep. I'm trying to pull all my thoughts together to speak and, and messages and trying to find a moment to pray, Lord, to, to do something at this camp. And I was, I was already feeling quite discouraged and, and not well prepared and weak. I was just feeling like, I can't do this. And the night before we were flying up, Rocky decided to scream the whole night. She did not feed the whole night. I get wake up in the morning, still wouldn't feed, got the plane up there, screamed the whole flight, still wouldn't feed. I'm starting to stress like it's been a long time. She hasn't had any, any food. And and in my heart, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Seriously, God, like, this is just, I should not be doing this. I'm not equipped. I'm just feeling like I have nothing to give. And I, I just feel so at my weakest point. And I remember going to those sessions and feeling like having not much to give, but totally reliant on God. And I can honestly say that God moved the, more, the most powerful I've ever seen Him move ever through my life at this camp. And I kept walking away from those meetings in shock, like, God, you're so kind, you're so good. Like, you know where I'm at, you know I'm struggling, you know I feel like I don't overly have so much to give at the moment, yet you've come through more powerfully than you ever have before. And I say this not to say I'm amazing, but I say this to say He is amazing and He is so kind and He is so good. And if you will just give Him the little that you have, even if you feel in a weak state, He will be there to back you up and you will see the power of God flow through your life more powerfully than you ever have before. This world needs the power of God. People are searching for answers. People are searching for the truth. People are looking in all different areas. But we have the answer and we have the truth and we have the power of God that can come and change and transform lives. And He wants us all to be carriers of Him, to be carriers of His presence into your workplaces, to be carriers of His power, into your families, into your situations, into your circumstances. And He knows where you're at. And the beautiful thing about it is He meets you right there. He meets you where you're at. I want to read this passage to you, the same passage, but in the Passion Translation. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, The extraordinary level of the revelations I've received it's no reason for anyone to exalt me, for this is why a thorn in my flesh was given to me, the adversary's messenger sent to harass me, keeping me from becoming arrogant. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. I love that. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, 
when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Your life is a portal for God's power. Do not be defeated by your weakness, but delighted. Don't let it defeat you. Don't let it take you out. We are all the same. We're all in the same boat, but we make a decision in our lives to not let our weaknesses take us out, but instead we let them push us further into Christ. And in that place, His power will come upon you, that His grace is enough for you. So often we want to escape our weaknesses. But I want to say to you today, see the purpose in it and let God's power come upon you and His strength be with you. You know, the enemy loves to jump on our weaknesses. It's the first thing he will do is to come against you by jumping on your weakness. In fact, when Jesus went to the desert, he said he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He hadn't eaten for 40 days. I do not know how he did that. I cannot eat, not, not eat breakfast without being hangry for the rest of the day. He did not eat for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil came to him. And said, first thing he said, if you are the son of God, turn this rock into bread. Immediately jumped on his weakness. That's probably what he wanted to do, I'm sure. I'm sure he was starving. He wanted to turn that rock into bread. The enemy comes as the accuser. He will tell you you're no good. He will tell you you're not worthy. He will tell you you can't do it. He will tell you you are weak and to sit down and to be quiet, to succumb to the weakness. But God is not the accuser. He is the intercessor. In Romans 8:26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. The enemy is the liar. He is the accuser, but God is the intercessor. The Spirit of God is interceding for you. He's not saying you're no good. He's not saying you shouldn't be doing that. He's not saying, don't you know what you've done, where you've been, who you are, what you're going through? No, he's saying, how amazing is this person? The Holy Spirit is saying to God, God, how good are these people? How amazing at Brooke and Gerard. How incredible is this couple? God, we need to bless this couple. God, we need to pour out upon them. We need to heal that leg fully. We need to bring blessing on their daughter. We need to open doors that no man can shut. We need to bring protection around their family so nothing can come against them. He is interceding for you. He is not the accuser. He is the intercessor. The Holy Spirit in our weaknesses intercedes for us, saying you can do it. We've got your back. We're behind you. And actually, this is one of the best places you can be in because in your weakness, He is strong. And in your weakness, you will see the power of God flow through your life more than you ever have before. You know, I remember my husband, he was going through a big battle in his life to do with his voice, and it's a bit of a long story, but to cut it very short, he's the worship pastor for Oxford Falls and for Sydney, and he had a lot of voice problems, and he wasn't able to sing for two years. He 
he wasn't able to talk for a couple months. They didn't know if he would sing again, yet even talk again. And so I remember in the height of that battle, we just had surgery. I remember he, was, he wasn't allowed to talk for a couple months. And then he, he was just starting to talk again. It was very whispery and, and airy. And I remember Pastor Phil coming up to us at a Saturday night service and saying, how's it going, Dan? How's your voice? And he just said, it's not good. It's not, it's not going great. And Pastor Phil said something that I will never forget. He said, you may not believe, but I believe. And I'm going to believe for you. And I had a revelation in that moment that that is what God does for us. You may not believe, but God believes. You may think you've got nothing to give, but God knows you've got things to give. You may feel in your weakness, but that is when He comes and He is in your strength. He is the intercessor. He stands in the gap for you. He is faith when you don't have faith. He is hope when you don't have hope. He is joy when you don't have joy. He is the one there interceding for your life. He stands in the gap for you. He is not the accuser. He is the intercessor. He's got your back. He is strong in the midst of our weaknesses. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that I'm sure you've all heard that says that we are more than conquerors in Christ. And that scripture has always puzzled me. Like, how can you be more than a conqueror? Like, you can conquer, but how can you more than conquer? But in this, in this journey I've had of, of God unpackaging this in my own life, I tell you how you can be more than a conqueror. It's not just sustaining in your weakness, but it is triumphing in your weakness. It's not just making it through, scraping through, but it's actually be triumphing in your weakness. That is more than conquering. You're not just conquering it, but you're more than conquering it. You're triumphing in the midst of it. Because He is your strength in the midst of your weakness. And that is why in Joel 3.10, it says, Let the weak say, I am strong. Not because of who we are, but because of who Christ is. Because in the midst of our weakness, He is our strength. You put God in His rightful place and He comes through for you. His grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to ask the band to come up. At Presence Conference, I remember hearing Jensen Franklin tell a story about Oral Roberts. And Oral Roberts was a, he's a very famous healing evangelist. And he saw great miracles in his life. And as he was getting older, he started to not be able to see the, the people in the congregation. And he had to go and get glasses. And he was talking to the Lord about, like, God, like, I'm a healing evangelist and I have to wear glasses. Like, how is this going to look to people? I can't even get my own healing, yet I'm healing other people. I can't see the people I'm meant to be healing. And the Lord spoke to him and said, don't worry, I can see them. And when I heard that, I just reaffirmed in my heart that it's not about us. That he uses us in the midst of our own weaknesses that we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to strive for perfection. But actually the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he knows where you're at and he knows what you're going through. And he knows that even in the midst of your weakness, he will be your strength and his power will move through your life.
His grace is sufficient for you and for me. Amen.